Welcome to Coaching for Creatives with Kirsten. My name is Kirsten Call. I'm a therapist trained life coach and a children's book author. Together, we'll get the drama out of our lives and onto the page. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 21, how to make your introversion work for you. When I was 14 and in ninth grade, I made a decision. I decided being shy was selfish. My social awkwardness not only hurt me, but it also made other people feel uncomfortable. So I made a goal. I was going to say hi and wave to 10 people I recognized from my classes every single day. Now, this may sound strange, but saying hi to people took tremendous courage for me. I walked the halls between classes, willing myself to raise my hand and speak. The first time I said hello, my heart beat wildly and a split second of surprise crossed the face of the fellow student I greeted, but then a smile and a wave back. At first, my highs were timid. It was like, hi. (laughs) And then I got more confident and I was able to say hi in a more, you know, normal way. Nearly everyone I greeted responded. And then people started to come to me and talk. And then I responded and It's been nearly 34 years since I started training myself to act more outgoing. In fact, most people who know me don't believe I ever could have been an introvert. But inside, I'm still relieved when a social commitment is canceled. (laughs) I still have to drag myself out of the house to go places where there will be a lot of social interaction. Don't get me wrong. I love and adore people. And when I'm with people, I really enjoy connecting. There's just something about a good book and a warm fire that is more compelling to my introverted nature. I've since discovered I'm a closet introvert. I got that terminology from the brilliant book written by Susan Cain, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. If you haven't read this book and you're an introvert or an extrovert or anything in between, read it. Everyone should read this book. Anyway, a closet introvert is someone who can interact with people and enjoys it, but also really needs time to be alone to recharge. Solitude is paramount for a closet introvert's emotional health. Did you know that one third to one half of the population are introverts? Many of them are authors, of course, and creatives. (laughs) There is a difference between shyness and introversion. Shyness is the fear of judgment from others or social judgment from others. And introversion is related to social energy. It's all about social energy. Extroverts thrive on lots of stimulation and introverts feel the most alive when they are quiet. I have trained myself to act extroverted, but instead of social interactions fueling me with energy, I am completely drained after I teach a workshop or go to a conference or attend a party. I need time alone to recharge. In this world, we tend to value action over contemplation. I remember reading during recess as a little child and concerned teachers would come over to me to make sure I was okay. Okay, I was only doing my most favorite thing in the world. (laughs) At my house with my younger siblings, my idea of a party was a reading party. Everyone piled on my bed with their individual books, bonding by being next to each other, whilst also each exploring our own imaginary worlds in a book. Nothing better than that. (laughs) So why do we make people feel guilty for wanting to be alone, for taking breaks, for separating from the group? While action is necessary and crucial for success, I'd argue that contemplation and quiet is just as crucial for success. How do we harness our natural introversion in a way that feels good? Number one, 
take restorative breaks. Susan Cain calls them restorative niches. Give yourself five minutes alone before a presentation. Take a quick walk in nature before or after group get-togethers. Take the time to listen to birdsong or watch birds in your backyard between meetings. Take time to breathe. Or set aside time to read something just for fun. Number two, share your insights. Even if you're scared, be persistent. Your thoughts are important and will help other people. Don't let the loudest people in the room deter you from sharing parts of yourself. Number three, you're going to be really surprised by this one. (laughs) Change your narrative. We live in a culture where extroversion and being gregarious is very valued. Group work is required and expected at every turn. As children, we are programmed to know we cannot succeed in life if we are overly quiet. Now, I'm not promoting being rude or ignoring people or being impolite, but I am suggesting that perhaps we put too much stock in how people respond to new situations or new people. Allowing introverts to move at their own pace and giving them space to share their insights begins with extroverts leaving space for them. We need to change our narrative to allow for the truth that introversion is not worse than extroversion. It's just different. There's nothing wrong with not wanting the spotlight. There's nothing wrong with feeling uncomfortable with social interaction. When we accept and celebrate the loud and the quiet and everything in between, we are better able to be raw and authentic and real. We are better able to connect and understand other people and all their diversity. So when you were thinking, I wish I were more outgoing, or I'm so socially awkward, or I don't want to go to that social event, delete those thoughts. Perhaps think things like, the world needs introverts like me. It's totally normal to feel socially awkward. Just a little aside here, my 17-year-old daughter, Sydney, does something with awkwardness that I find very disarming. (laughs) She leans into the awkwardness and names it, therefore diffusing the awkwardness with humor. Granted, she's not an introvert, but leaning into uncomfortable situations is never a bad idea. Which leads me to number four, lean into uncomfortable situations. Give yourself permission to avoid uncomfortable situations when the need arises, but make sure your reasons for avoidance are good ones. If you're doing it to recharge, perfect. If you're avoiding an experience because you're afraid, perhaps rethink your avoidance. When we lean into uncomfortable situations and allow ourselves to feel uncomfortable and perhaps even admit we're feeling uncomfortable, we give other people the space to be uncomfortable with us. And then we connect. I can't count how many times I've been to a writing conference or other networking event and told myself, I am going to be dauntless. And then admitted to someone else at the conference that I was trying to be dauntless. (laughs) And then we connected over those uncomfortable feelings. Number five, find your sanctuary. As an introvert, you may be drawn to spending alone time thinking and creating and then sharing your ideas and discoveries with others. Many of the greatest creatives and leaders in history have described themselves as quiet and introverted. Abraham Lincoln, Eleanor Roosevelt, Albert Einstein, Rosa Parks, Mahatma Gandhi, they spent time in their own sanctuaries and then took the spotlight, not because they wanted to, but because they were passionate and called to create change. So find your safe space. Take time and silence to contemplate. Harness the power of your introversion because some inspiration can only be created in quiet. There is beauty in quiet. As you navigate your life, interacting with introverts or as an introvert yourself, hold space for all people, 
quiet and loud. Allow and embrace and welcome the differences. Celebrate how your brain works. And remember, introverts can and do change the world. One quiet or loud step at a time. Until next week, keep smiling. If you like what you've heard, check out my Get Yourself Unstuck program. Go to kirstencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and schedule a free consultation today. Coaching for Creatives is produced by Kirsten Call. Music and audio engineering by James Call.